the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, apparently we've uh, called in another borough in Nevada so we can schlep the votes from the Senate election up the mountain to wherever they are counting them because we now have 90% of the vote in. How many days have we passed the midterm? Three? Three days passed. We have 90% of the vote in. It 90%. boggles the mind. How? And when you look at the map, it's infuriating to me. And I know I don't know how to fix this, okay? But... You look at the Nevada map, the whole left side of the state, a little teeny sliver where Reno is located, supports Catherine Cortez Masto. The entire massive rest of the state, except for the lower southwest corner, southeast corner, where Las Vegas is located, all supports Adam Laxalt. In terms of geographic miles in Nevada, Adam Laxalt support comes from 96% of the state. But she's going to win because she's got the, or she might win because she's got the two cities. He's still up 9,000 votes. If she wins this, and when mail-in votes are outstanding, I have no faith that a Republican will hang on. If she wins this, the whole Georgia thing makes no difference. Makes no difference. Because the best Republicans could then do is get to 50-50. Now, there are those, and Charlie Kirk is one of them, lead cheerleader for Carrie Lake and Blake Masters, who continue to say that both Carrie Lake and Blake Masters are going to win their gubernatorial and Senate races. I would certainly uh, desire that, but I don't count on it. And... I guess I just prize my integrity a whole lot more than I would uh, absolutely stand behind something that appears to me to be, uh, in Carrie Lake's case, not at all certain, and in Blake Masters' case, (laughs) highly uncertain. Now, I will submit Charlie Kirk may know the ins and outs of which votes are out there in Arizona. There's 82% of the vote is in in Arizona. You have a theory on this, okay? All the vote counters are in Sun City, and uh, they're up at 4 a.m., and they're in bed by 4 p.m., so they can't count any votes after 4 p.m., all the retirees in Arizona. I can say that because I have friends who live in Sun City, and my in-laws live in Arizona, but not in Sun City. And it's the same in Arizona. It's mostly all, well, it's not, no, it's not, le- it's not as much, but of course... Mark Kelly has Tucson and he has Phoenix. And he's got this up in the north part of the state, I guess, where Flagstaff's located. He's doing very well. Uh, Over in Yuma and in other parts of the state, uh, Masters is doing well. Masters is down. 
He's down by over 100,000 votes. 100,000. That seems like a lot to make up to me. But Masters tweeted like 12 hours ago he was going to win. So I get asked occasionally to go out and speak to groups. And I I have one that I'm going to speak to, uh, the top of Ohio Patriots I'm going to speak to in December. And I know that my commentary about Donald Trump's going to get me in a jackpot. Maybe he's got me in a jackpot with you. If so, I'd like to hear from you. I am not taking a single thing away from Donald Trump's accomplishments as president. I think Donald Trump was a phenomenal president. I'm thrilled he was president because if Hillary Clinton had been president, oh my goodness, where would we be? But as the book of Ecclesiastes says, there's a time for everything, right? A time to weep, time to celebrate. Donald Trump's time as a political force has passed. Donald Trump served a very, very, very important purpose in that he gave a master class in how Republican politicians should comport themselves. He went too far. He went too far with the meanness, the snarkiness, the social media unhinged tweets. But he nevertheless was necessary because otherwise the entire Republican Party would look like Mitch McConnell and Rob Portman and Those kinds of Republicans are the Republicans that Joe Biden loves. Oh, they'll work with me. Sure, they'll stand there in the driveway of the White House and sign your stupid infrastructure bill. Has it built a single bridge or highway yet? Nobody knows where that money's gone, and nobody ever will know where that money goes. Well, it went into Democratic pocketbooks is where it went. Rob Portman tells the Cincinnati Enquirer that he does not think Donald Trump is going to run president again. And uh, Rob, I sure hope you're right. If so, I'll buy you dinner at the Golden Lamb, which your family owns, and I shouldn't have to buy you dinner there because you get it free. But he says, I think Trump is likely to look at polling data and say he doesn't want to lose. So I don't think he goes through with it at the end of the day. That would be how I would look at it. That would be probably how Rob Portman would look at it. That would be how Mike DeWine would look at it. That would be how any politician who has an ounce of of self-awareness would look at it, I ask you, does Donald Trump have an ounce of self-awareness? No, because if he did, he would not be taking the days after the midterms when he took a bloodbath on his candidates like Don Bolduc and Blake Masters and Dr. Oz. How How many Senate seats did we just hand over to the Democratic Party on a silver platter? No, on a gold platter. On a Trump Tower gold platter. At least three. At least three. Would you like to have those three? I would. No, rather than take his lumps and confer with his advisors and say, what happened here? All these people that I backed, they got their butts kicked. Yeah, because they continue to embrace election denialism. This is a point that James Freeman made. Wall Street Journal, James Freeman. He makes a point about election deniers, and they faded badly in the latter stages of the primary election. Give a listen to him. I'm not sure he's right. People who did not close well uh, tended to be people who had uh, denied the results of the 2020 election. Now, it's a free country. People are allowed to raise questions. And obviously, there are a lot of legitimate questions about the pandemic voting changes and whether all the changes uh, were done uh, properly. But uh, ultimately, obviously, uh, there were courts uh, deciding on these issues. You get a result. Voters are saying they don't like it. I disagree. 
I don't think they faded because they denied the results of the 2020 election. I think they faded because they talked too much about the 2020 election and the stuff that went on with it. And they weren't precise in their language about what happened in 2020. If I were a political candidate, I would not shy from those questions. But I would waste like about a second and a half on it and then turn it back to the issues of the day. I would say, well, Joe Biden's the president because he is deemed to have won the election. I have a lot of questions about mail-in balloting. I have a lot of questions about private investment and get out the vote efforts on the Democratic Party. We need to take a look at all that on the Republican side. But I'm more concerned with the price of eggs. I'm more concerned with the price of cars. I'm more concerned with the price of rent. I'm more concerned with the cost of gas. I'm more concerned with things that people really care about right now because that's in the past and I'm worried about the future. But instead, we had candidates like Tudor Dixon in Michigan and Don Bolduc in New Hampshire and Blake Masters and on and on and on and on and Carrie Lake, who wouldn't stop talking about 2020. And it's not that voters were tired of people having legitimate questions about 2020. It is that they are tired of people talking about it endlessly. And who is the grand poobah of talking about 2020 endlessly? It is Donald Trump, and that is why his approval ratings are declining. And it is obvious how thinned-skinned he is from his Truth Social post last night, complaining that people are excited about Ron DeSantis, or as Trump refers to him as, Ron DeSanctimonious. So you can tell, you can tell that Donald Trump is losing his fastball when the nicknames that he comes up with are now batting practice fastballs, right? Like just batting practice fastballs. Little Marco, low energy Jeb, crooked Hillary, home runs. Ron DeSanctimonious? How many people know what sanctimonious means? I don't think most people know what sanctimonious means. I don't think most people know how to spell sanctimonious. He's trying too hard. You ever seen somebody who's like trying too hard? They dress special. They wear too much makeup. They're like 65 years old and they're wearing joggers. Those pants that are gathered at the ankle that are made for guys in their 20s. They're trying too hard. Donald Trump's trying way too hard to disparage Ron DeSantis. Why? Because if he disparages Ron DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin, then Donald Trump might be able to inch one inch higher. The saddest part of this unmotivated Trump attack on Ron DeSantis is that Donald Trump still has so many acolytes in conservative media that they will cover for him and not tell him the truth. Mark Levin has criticized Trump for this idiotic targeting of Ron DeSantis. And now Trump has also targeted Glenn Youngkin, disparaging their accomplishments as governor. Uh, There's a gentleman who works for, what is it, Newsmax, I think. His name is Greg Kelly. He's in with Gorka. He's in with all these... Trump bootlicks. He tweets, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton said awful, mean, vicious things to each other. And now we're supposed to think that the Trump-DeSantis rivalry is the worst thing that's ever happened? It's called politics. Well, let me enlighten you, Greg Kelly. When Obama and Hillary got into it, 
The Democratic Party's dysfunction was not exposed ad infinitum by the mainstream media, by MSNBC, by CNN, because all of them were and are invested in keeping anything unflattering about Democrats out of the national media. This will not be the case with Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. They will lead every newscast with this. They will ratchet up the hatred. They will inflame it. They will magnify it. They will multiply it. I fail to see how anyone with any semblance of understanding where the mainstream media stands politically could miss that obvious elephant in the room. That in one instance, Hillary and Obama, their cause was shared by the people who refused to report on it because it made Democrats look bad. Maybe you could see how clear the difference is if you thought about how much time you at Newsmax have given to the Hunter Biden laptop story and how much time the other networks who are not Fox have given to the Hunter Biden laptop story. See, Greg Kelly, the media roots for Democrats because the media is a bunch of Democrats, okay? So that's the difference. These people are just grasping at straws, trying to make it look okay for Trump to do what he is doing. There's a verse that I underlined in my Bible a long time ago because it's a temptation for me to respond to people who say things that I disagree with. And the verse is from Proverbs 26, verse 4. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will be like him yourself. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will be like him yourself. The opposite of a fool is someone who has wisdom. Now you tell me, in this DeSantis-Trump dust-up, where Trump is progressively attacking DeSantis more and more, first with the one-liner at a rally a week ago, Ron DeSanctimonious, and then right after the midterms, where DeSantis had his biggest political moment, turning Miami-Dade County, Palm Beach County, Democratic strongholds into Republican strongholds. Donald Trump couldn't let Ron DeSantis have that moment because it took away from Donald Trump's perceived moment. And so Donald Trump is clapping back at DeSantis. And has DeSantis said a word? No. He is destroying Trump by allowing Trump to destroy Trump. Ron DeSantis will not respond because Ron DeSantis will not answer a fool according to his folly, because Ron DeSantis is not a fool himself. Ron DeSantis has wisdom. Now, Ron DeSantis has an ego, and I didn't like it at all the other night when Ron DeSantis used a reference from the book of Timothy to his political transformation of the state of Florida from purple to red. I don't like throwing her. I don't like it when Sean Hannity does it. Let not your hearts be troubled. That's not for you to talk about in a political television Context. Nor did I like it when DeSantis talked about, I've fought the good fight. They say that at your funeral, Ron, not at your political triumph, okay? 
But, I mean, listen to the pettiness in Donald Trump. An average Republican governor with great public relations. That's what he calls Ron DeSantis. He says DeSantis didn't have to close up his state, but did, unlike other Republican governors. Like who? Like who? Whose state was open more than Florida? Georgia was open a lot. Texas was open a lot. They weren't open before Florida. He said Ron DeSantis's overall numbers as a Republican were just average, middle of the pack, including COVID. And he says Ron DeSantis has the advantage of sunshine, where people from badly run states up north would go no matter who the governor was, just like I did. Really? Really, Donald Trump? I think they have sunshine in California. Are people flocking to California? No. Why not? Because in California they had a Democratic leftist governor like Gavin Newsom. So it seems to me... People chose Florida, not just because of the sunshine, but because of the governor and his policies. And if you think Donald Trump is going to bully Ron DeSantis, uh, you might want to get on line one, Donald Trump, to Disney. They're a force of nature in Florida. Ron DeSantis took them on, and I would argue, won. So this is not a great place for the Republican Party to be because it doesn't need to be here. It's bad enough what happened in the midterms. Bad enough. It's bad because Trump did in the midterms what I fear he'll be able to do in the 2024 general. He'll be able to win a primary. He will not be able to come close to winning in the general. I'll vote for him. I'm not not a Lincoln Project anti-Trump. I'm not anti-Trump. I'm anti-stupid. I'm anti-dysfunction within our ranks. We have Do we have a shortage of enemies who think differently than we do on the Democratic side of the aisle? Could we pick a fight maybe on keeping minors safe from gender-affirming care? Could we pick a fight on maybe getting ready to go into a military battle with China? Could we pick a fight on maybe closing up our southern border? Or maybe stopping federal spending and reducing inflation? Are there any fights out there, Mr. Trump, for you to visit your mammoth intellect upon that might help the American taxpayer and consumer? Or is it, to coin a phrase, top of mind for you to attack the most popular governor in the United States? The fact that you are doing that is reflective of your obsession with yourself to the expense of the people you would desire to govern. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope enough Republican voters see that clearly. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.